Brooklyn's Radio believes your health matters. So on the line with me today, I have Lorna. Good afternoon, Lorna. Hi, how are you doing? Yeah, great. It's really good to have you here today. So this week is Cervical Cancer Awareness Week, and it's such a serious cancer, but one that's becoming more and more treatable and um, f- it's it's one that can be found so easily if people do take the necessary action and have regular smear tests. Um, Lorna, tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, so um, I was diagnosed with cervical cancer back in 2016. So I had only just turned 30. I just got married. Um, and I really just started to no- notice that something wasn't quite right. Um, we had decided to start trying for a family. So I was tracking my cycles and really I started noticing that I was just getting this irregular bleeding in between my cycles. And I went to the GP. They weren't really too sure what it could be. I had had a bit of back pain and they were very um, almost like blasé about it, really. And they'd asked when my last smear test was and it had all been clear. Um, so off I went and that was kind of how it was and it was only really when I started pushing and saying that it was continuing to happen that they then started to take me seriously they tried to do a few other tests and that's when in the November of 2016 I was then diagnosed with what I didn't know at the time but I know now was stage 2b cervical cancer right so if we just sort of take a little step back you went to the doctor you had intermittent bleeding yeah you were trying for a baby so Mm -hmm. you went to the doctor and first of all I think did they give you some painkillers or something yeah so I've been having lower back pain so um the the first GP that I saw I said you know it's really bad lower back pain it's just not going away um, he asked me to bend over and touch my toes, which I was able to do without any pain. Yeah. Um, and then he asked um, what when I'd last had a smear test. And he checked on the system. He could see that I wasn't due another one for a year. Um, and the, um, the last one had been all clear. Yeah. So he kind of gave me some painkillers and off I went. And it was only after that that the bleeding started and the back pain wasn't going away. Um, so I saw another GP. And she did the same thing. So asked about my back, checked my smear test history, could see it was all clear. Um, But she said that because we were trying for a baby that she should try and do an ultrasound of my womb, um, which they did. Um, But nothing again. So there was nothing on there. And then she just said, um, if it happens again, then we might be able to do another test. So when the bleeding happened again, the next month, again, not when it should be happening, um, I then insisted that they did this other test, but it was it was really hard to get them to do that test. Mm. Um, and it turns out that they were going to try and do a smear test, but because I was in between, that they hadn't thought that that was something that they needed to do. And when she went to do it, she couldn't. Um, there was too much blood. So um, that was when she then referred me on and, and tried to see whether they could find out what was going on. Mm. Do you know, it, I had another lady who was very young and she kept pushing for a, a smear test because she knew something was wrong. Yeah. And because of her age, because she was under 25, they mm. wouldn't give her one. Yeah. And by the time she found out, she was actually pregnant and she lost her baby. Mm. And I think sometimes... I, I had a great GP once in Claygate, and her view was, you know your body. Yeah, absolutely. And we do, don't we, as women? Yeah. And then you I, just, t- I knew something wasn't right. Yeah. I just knew it. And yes, I was at an age where I was getting my smear test every three years, so I'd had two at this point. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they were clear, and that, that's really why I... 
I sort of I'm so passionate about getting people to keep up to date with their smear tests because yes mine were clear but really it was just me pushing and saying that something wasn't right that Mm. then meant I was able to get something else tested yeah yeah gosh so uh, you know it's awful that you've had to go through all that really and I think a message to any doctors out there is really listen to your patients because they do know their own bodies and um, I'm sure there are lots and lots well I know there's lots and lots of great doctors out there but yeah it's really and and to everyone listening out there if you feel something wrong do keep pushing um okay so you then got referred for a biopsy yes so i was referred for a biopsy i actually went to crawley hospital for that um and i went for a biopsy um they took the biopsy but then they suggested that i should probably go under a general anesthetic just for some further testing um and it was at that point that i arrived to do the general anesthetic they did a routine urine sample um, which they always do before a general anesthetic if you're female and um, that was when they actually told me that I was around six to eight weeks pregnant so they weren't able to go ahead with the general anesthetic right. um, so at that point I was then rushed through for you know lots of early pregnancy scans I had to meet with a fertility consultant um, lots of blood tests and all of that knowing that I didn't know at this point whether the biopsy was good or bad news so I I didn't know at that point um and it was then that I was then I brought back into Crawley Hospital and that's when they told me on the it was the 28th of November 2016 it's a date I'm not going to forget and um it was confirmed then that yes that was exactly what I had I had cervical cancer but that the pregnancy wasn't going to be a viable one right right oh that's very sad very sad so you then went on and I know you went and met your consultant who you know Simon who did set up Grace Charity and every you know every lady I've spoken to has said what an amazing person he is um he just instantly put both my husband and I at ease and I think the, the most important thing for us along the way had been that we'd kept having to sort of argue to say that there was something wrong and you know we got told the day the day before so the 28th we got told yes it's cervical cancer we're going to refer you you're off you go and we'll kind of see what happens but it was when I met Simon that we really then started to get listened to Mm. and it was you know he was very serious and he was very matter of fact with it all but we needed that we needed someone to tell us what it was and what was happening and how it was going to work um, and the main thing that he just kept saying to us is that it was a it was curative. They could do curative treatment, and that for us was what we needed to focus on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you had a lovely nurse, Maria, who who's oh, been with you through yes. the whole journey as well. Yes, she has. Maria is wonderful, and anyone who has met Maria says exactly the same thing. She, I call her my guardian angel. Um, and she just sits. She has stuck with us the whole way through, and she's been absolutely amazing at supporting us and. You know, even little things, it sounds silly, but um, little things, you know, I was in surgery and she went off to find my husband and see that he was okay. Mm. Um, And, you know, things like that, it makes such a big, um, big impact. And it's those things that you remember throughout all that terrible times. Yeah, yeah, it's important, isn't it? It's lovely that you had someone kind. Um, Okay, tell us what happened next. Yeah, so um, then I, I mean, that was a a bit of a blur, that part, but I had to have um, various, um, procedures so I had my they wanted to do some fertility saving treatment so we had to terminate the pregnancy 
Um, mm-hmm. And then after that, they did um, a whole bunch of scans. And then I was put under the general anaesthetic that I was meant to have previously for them to stage the cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they also moved my ovaries while they were there, which is not something I knew that you could do. Mm-hmm. Um, but they went in and did that with the hope that after treatment, my ovaries would potentially still be able to work. Um, and then in the January, I then started six and a half weeks of treatment every day so it was a really you know six and a half weeks doesn't sound like a lot but it was six and a half weeks five days a week so mm. it was it was really intense and I had chemotherapy radiotherapy and brachytherapy so all of those crammed into that six and a half weeks worth of, of treatment gosh yeah that is that's um quite traumatic isn't it really mm. really to have I was that. really fortunate because Um, About two weeks into my treatment, I was actually picked up by the teenager and young adult ward who were based at um, the Royal Surrey. Mm. um, And they took me under their wing and I was really, really well looked after with them. So that definitely made the whole treatment definitely a lot more bearable. Um, And I was able to meet some other people that were going through a very similar thing at such a young age, which has been really fantastic. And it's continued to to lead to making friendships since then, which has been really wonderful. Yeah, that's lovely. That's lovely. So then you went for your three-month checkup. Yeah, absolutely. And at that point, they could still see a small amount of what they thought was cancer. But what I didn't know at the time was that radiotherapy can actually continue working for about six months. So Uh they weren't sort of worried about that necessarily. Um, And they said that they would scan again in a few months time, which they did. Um, And that small bit was still sort of lighting up on the scans. Um, So what they said then was that they could leave it. Um, there was no um, guarantee that it was cancer, but they also weren't sure that it, you know, they weren't definite that it wasn't. Um, so they said that the next step would be to have a hysterectomy. Mm-hmm. Um, now, yes, that's, it was a big surgery and yes, it was a scary thing and, and all of that. But I think in the back of my mind, radiotherapy had meant that my womb wasn't going to work as it should do anyway. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of, do you know what, if that means that the cancer is going to be gone, then I'll do whatever I have to do to get to that point. So yeah, in August 2017, I had a hysterectomy. Right, and you and uh, Kavitha, Dr. Kavitha has been on the show, and she is she's another one, isn't she? Who I just hear nothing but glowing reports. <laughs> <laughs> she's great. She spent an awful lot of time um, chatting us through the options and, and what we had to do and how we were going to do that and. Um, yeah, she was really wonderful at sort of explaining how it was going to work because the dangers of having a surgery after radiotherapy, they, they were there. So we had to kind of weigh up those options. But for us, it had always been to get, you know, to get the cancer gone. So for us, it, it was a very easy decision to make. That, yeah. that was what we needed to do to become cancer free. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm so pleased to say that on the 21st of November 17, you were given the all clear. Absolutely. Which is fantastic. Yeah. And I know now you're you're going through um, trying to start a family in different ways. Yeah, exactly. So we, we've done a couple of rounds of IVF. Um, so I, my, I was left with my ovaries and gradually they, they've come back to life. So, yeah, we've done a couple of rounds of IVF and we're now kind of looking through the next stages. Brilliant, brilliant. Oh, do you know what? We wish you all the very, Thank very best so of luck, Lorna. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank and, you. And um, yes, please come back to us and let us know. Maybe it will help someone else who's, who's having fertility treatment. Absolutely. So. And all I can say is that if anyone isn't sure about anything, they should definitely go and get things checked out. I think that's the, the kind of key takeaway from my side. I think that's a brilliant piece of advice. Anyone out there at all, if you haven't had a smear test and you're due one, please have one and anyone who's feeling anything that isn't quite right please please speak to your gp 
Lorna, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Jill. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Brooklyn's Radio believes your health matters. 